We hope you enjoy this message from Matt Bruce, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. God, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you so much for your presence with us, God. Thank you that you choose to dwell in us and with us and, and to change our world. God, we just pray that we'd have a greater awareness of you tonight. I pray you'd deepen our faith in you and that would feel a great strength as we walk out of here this evening. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit as our guide. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? Oh. So the Warriors won. Happy days for me. This shirt smells a little bad, so don't come too close. Been wearing it a lot recently. Um, but we're, we're at a good distance here, so we're fine. <laughs> hey, how was everyone's weeks? Yeah? Really good? If, if I gave you one word to describe how your week was, what would that word be? Maybe think about it and then tell your neighbor, neighbor right now. What, what's that one word that describes how your week went? Awesome. I'm sure there were some interesting responses. Perhaps your week wasn't a great week. That happens, right? Perhaps your week was the best week. And maybe you described your week as blessed. As blessed. You might have had a wretched week as well but you also might have had a blessed week. And I was thinking about this word blessed, right? It's one of our top Christian words. It's like right up there in our top Christian words. We love to use this word blessed. I was super aware of the word this morning because I was like, I'm thinking about blessed. And I like, it was just everywhere this morning in our service about blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, so yeah, it's up there in our, our top Christian words. It's like, it sits alongside words like journey. Oh man, we're just on a journey. Life's a journey. Not there yet, but I'm on a journey. Just journeying through it right now. Oh, it's a journey. It's a journey, guys. What about grace? Grace of Jesus. It's by the grace of Jesus I'm here. It's by the grace of Jesus. Let's say grace before this meal. It's all about the grace. What about this one's super new agey? We're kind of weird. People ask like, oh, what did you get up to in the morning? I had quiet time. Oh man, I just had quiet time. What? Quiet? Yeah, quiet time. My favorite part of my day. Sounds like you're getting a time out, man. What about the word born again? What did you do the last few weeks? Oh mate, three weeks ago I got born again. <laughs> Fully rebirthed. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Born again. What about the old... Uh, they're my brother and sister in Christ. It's like, dude, don't hit on her. She's my sister in, in Christ. Go ahead. What about um, the classic phrase, I see that hand. 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 Yeah, I see that hand. Another classic Christian phrase. I love this one. Uh, Lord, we, we just pray that. We, we just ask that. We, we just come before you. We're so humble, right? We just do it. So humble us Christians. Oh, we're just praying to you, God. We're just asking. Instead of like just 
God, we pray that. God, we ask that. <laughs> no, no, we're so humble. Just. My favourite one of all, though, for our Christian lines is, oh, bless their heart. <laughs> bless their heart. In other words, they ain't got much else going for them, but, oh, bless their heart. <laughs> bless their heart. Wow, it's a great heart. So this word blessed is one of our top used Christian words, right? But what, is that, what exactly is it? What exactly is this word blessed? And the title of my message tonight is a question I began 2018 with. And the question I asked on the 1st of January this year was, am I blessed? Am I blessed? This is the title of my sermon tonight. Am I blessed? You see, I believe it's important to know if we're blessed or not. It's important to know if we're blessed or not and to know what makes us blessed because my perception of my position determines my action. My perception of my position determines my action. The way I perceive my position in something in relation to being blessed determines how I then act out of that perception. Do I see myself as blessed? Because if I see myself as blessed, it's far easier to live a life that blesses others, right? But if I do not see myself as blessed, my actions can sometimes reflect it in negative ways. I live with a doubting, controlling, stingy spirit leading to a small life. I don't know about your experience, but when I feel blessed, my concern is less. When I feel blessed, my concern is less. But alternatively, when I believe I'm not blessed, I live a life under my control. My control and a life that I have to control was ultimately limited, restricted, and it leads to a life of worry. I'm worried about the grades I'm going to get. I'm worried about whether I've got enough finances. I'm worried about the promotion at work. You see, all the, world, all the pressures the world get on top of us when we live in a space where we don't believe we're blessed. Because we end up living in a space where we believe the outcome rests on how well we control the variables instead of living a blessed life in God's hands. So are we blessed? What do we perceive as blessed? Let's have some fun. For some of the girls in this place, I'm not going to overgeneralize, but maybe you're like with your friends, and you're like, oh my gosh, guess what happened this weekend? Well, you know how like, have you seen me wear the same dress twice in a month? Oh yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I just don't have enough dresses right now. I mean, the 20 dresses I have just aren't sufficing it for me. So anyway, I decided to go get a new dress, and I go to my favorite store, and I found the perfect dress. Like, it's perfect, the coloration, the cut. Oh my gosh, it looks so sophisticated, but amazing. It's just it's a perfect dress, and I try it on, and it's just like, wow, it was made for me. This mass-produced dress that so many girls around the world are going to wear was made for me. <laughs> and I try on this dress, and I'm like, oh, it's perfect. And it's like, oh, my goodness, but look at the price tag. And I'm like, I can't afford it. But then I'm like, I'm worth it. <laughs> I'm worth it. So I go to the counter boldly, knowing my card may decline on this amazing dress. And I go up there, and guess what? Guess what? Oh, my gosh, you have to guess. I didn't just get 10% off, not 20% off, not 30, but 60% off. I'm so blessed. I'm just living the blessed life. 
oh my goodness, the perfect dress at 60% off. I'm just so blessed. What about guys? It's guys are like, oh yeah, went over, uh, see my mate the other day because I've got mates. And um, we hang out twice a year because we're not very good at organizing. But um, we, we hang out. You know, I went over to see him and just so turns out that his friend, long lost friend was there and turns out he's quite successful now and owns a car yard. Yeah, you know where this is going. Uh, so he drove his car in. What is it? A Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, it's a Ferrari, should I say. Um, and uh, the dude was like, hey, man, do you want to go for a spinner? I was like, yeah. Um, like, yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, mate, I'll, I'll go for a spin in your car. Um, go for a spin. Halfway through, he's looking a wee bit fatigued after that one minute of driving. And he's like, hey, man, do you want to spin? Do you want to drive? And I'm like, yes. Yes, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, you're looking a bit of fatigue there, mate. I'll give it a drive it home for you. And then, so would you not believe I got to drive this car for 20 minutes? A Ferrari. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm living the blessed life. I'm in my Ferrari. What if you're a kid? It's like you get to go out for, okay, it's a special date. Mum and dad, or mum or dad, and you're taking the kid out to a cafe, and they get a fluffy. Oh, special. The fluffy's coming out. And guess what, guys? The kid didn't get one, not two, but three marshmallows. So blessed living in overflow. So blessed. What about grandparents? They've got a better handle on things. It's like, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, man, we're so blessed. The grandkids came over and they sat on my knee and we just got to talk about life for like an hour. So blessed. So blessed. <laughs> so what do we perceive as a blessing? Come on, often we think it's just good things, right? I'm blessed if it's a good thing. If it's added to my life, it's a good thing. And it's blessed. Do you know, and my nana often substitutes the word luck for blessed. Because blessed, she does it because blessed means it's not random, but God ordained. So we go, oh, you're so lucky. And she's like, no, I'm blessed. But once again, it's like a good thing, right? It's a good thing. And then if we turn to the Old Testament this evening in Ezekiel 34, there's a scripture here uh, that sort of backs up this idea that good things are blessed, that good circumstances are blessed. And I want to read from that. Uh, So Ezekiel 34, we're going to read 7 to 15, and for time's sake, 23 to 31. So if we turn to verse 7... Here it is. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for the flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will... And it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from 
the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountain of Israel and the ravines and in all of the settlements in the land. I will tend them and on. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. If we skip forward to 23, just for time's sake, it says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will be their God, and my servant David will... Uh, will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And this is the key bit about that external blessing. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. I will make them in the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. They will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in the land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bar of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. They will no longer be plundered by the nation, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture and I'm your God. God declares the sovereign Lord. It's quite a long scripture. My mouth is very dry. But that sort of scripture backs up our sort of Old Testament perception of that external blessing, right? And I believe that these scriptures inform our perspective that blessings are just external. But I want to challenge tonight that there is some truth in that, but perhaps blessings are also other things. Perhaps we're blessed in other ways too. And when I began the year with this question, am I blessed? I began my journey in Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, and I want to head there tonight. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, so if you join me in Matthew 5. Awesome, are we there? Cool, so this is where I began my journey. It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. These are the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Interesting. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm, after reading this, I was like, wow, I'm so much more blessed than I thought. But I'm also way more uncomfortable with that blessing. It's like, what? It's kind of like, what are you on about, God? I'm blessed when I'm persecuted. I'm blessed when I'm meek. I'm blessed when I mourn. Like, what are you on about here, Jesus? I don't know about you, but this probably wasn't his most popular sermon to start with. It's really interesting 
that he talks about these things. And I thought tonight we could just unpack a few. Is that cool? Holy Spirit, we pray, pray that you'd speak. So we start off here and let's start with that first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why is the position of poverty being poor in the very thing we see as power, spirit, a good thing? Right? Why, why is it a good thing to be poor in spirit? Maybe it's because the Holy Spirit is a gift. And gifts are received. You see, in James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, being poor in spirit is perhaps a position of humility, a place of knowing our need of God, ready to receive. Ready to receive. You see, when we're poor in our own spirit, we realize we do not have what it takes to make it on our own. And we reach a place where we're ready to receive the Holy Spirit. And we accept the Holy Spirit who is far more fruitful far more powerful than our own spirit, and he comes and lives inside of us. So we are blessed when we're poor in spirit because it leads to us accepting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we're positioned to receive the kingdom of heaven in ourselves. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're positioned to receive the kingdom of heaven in ourselves. Our lives begin to align with what heaven and the kingdom of God says about us. And we're also positioned for the kingdom of heaven to outwork through us. So weirdly enough, we're blessed when we're poor in spirit. Because we come to a realization that we need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's the one who's fruitful in our life. You're going to have to stick with me tonight because it's a bit confusing, eh? Moving on, it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Do you know that people who are mourning have lost? It's like, Jesus, what are you on about here? Why is it blessed to lose? Why is it blessed to lose? But the losing and the mourning is not the blessing. The blessing is that God has promised to be the comforter to all those who have lost. That's the blessing. My thought is that a blessed Christian does not always appear to, appear to be a person who has it all together. A blessed Christian simply allows God to comfort, which makes a difference and puts hope back on the table. I wonder if we could be a church where people could come and mourn. I don't know about you, but sometimes I leave my mourning at home and I put on a facade and come to church and have my joy face. Well, that's great. And then I mourn at home, but do you know that Jesus wants to comfort you? He's not afraid of the way you mourn, afraid of your questions, because he's the comforter. He's the comforter. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Man, this is challenging scripture, right? It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, I love this one. I spent a lot of time, I think I spent a week researching this one. It was a lot of fun. The word meek, right? This word meek says, it's got a few definitions. The first one is enduring injury with patience and without resentment. And the word associated with it is mild. Blessed are you if you're a mild person. What? <laughs> but imagine if we were a people who could endure injury with patience and without resentment. I wonder what the church would look like. Man, that would look like a blessed church. 
if we could get over offense, if we could get over hurt, and we could just bless people and we could walk without, without feeling impatient towards them, without feeling rejection or resentment towards them, man, I'd say that would transform the earth. Meekness also says not violent. I can understand that, but it also says not strong. Blessed are the not strong. Okay. This is a weird. And then it also says this. It says, meek also is defined as deficient in spirit and courage. We also, we already covered the sort of deficient in spirit, didn't we? But it says deficient in courage, and the word associated with this one is submissive. Blessed are those who lack courage. It's like, God, how does that line with the whole Joshua spell you? Like, you know, in that, you know, in that part of the Bible where you said be bold and courageous three times, and the last time you said very courageous, how does that align with what Jesus is saying right now? Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, right? But it's what God says to Joshua before he says be bold and courageous. He says, as I was with Moses, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And on that revelation, now go and be bold and courageous. On that revelation that I'm with you, now go be bold and courageous. You see, you don't tell someone who's already bold and courageous three times to go and be bold and courageous. I think we can sort of assume that Joshua wasn't being bold and courageous in this moment. Because you wouldn't say that three times to someone who's already got it. It's like if your kid's cleaning out the rubbish, you don't go, I need to sit you down and have a chat. You need to take out the rubbish. You need to take out the rubbish. You need to take out the rubbish now. So like, I've been doing it for the last year, like diligently. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Other kid. So we can assume right in this moment that Joshua perhaps wasn't bold and courageous. But do you know that we're blessed before we have courage? We're blessed when strength does not represent us in our current state. I found this verse fascinating because it says this, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. So blessed are those who are not courageous for they will inherit the earth. What? In other words, stop waiting for courage and strength to outwork your call. Stop waiting for courage and strength to outwork your call. Start outworking it despite how meek you feel because God is with you and even in your meekness, Jesus says you're blessed to inherit the earth. Inherit the earth. Okay, I'm the only one really blown away by that. But Even in my insecurity, I'm blessed to inherit the earth. Even when I don't feel strong, I'm blessed to inherit the earth. Come on, so often we're sitting behind that excuse, oh, I haven't quite got the courage yet. I'm not strong enough yet. Do you know you're blessed to inherit the earth in your meekness? Wow. Jesus goes a bit crazy then. We'll skip to verse 11. He tells us that bad days are blessed. He says, blessed are you when, you when people insult you. So you start the morning just with a wee bit of insulting. Blessed are you when people insult you and you have persecution for lunch. Persecute you and for dinner you have people who are falsely saying all kinds of evil against you because of me. It's a bad day. It's a very bad day. You just got insulted, persecuted and all evil kind of words are said against you. How's that blessed? So Jesus says that, and then he says, moan and be sad. No, he says, rejoice and be glad. I think he got those mixed around now. I think it was meant to be moan and be sad. You got insulted, persecuted, and falsely all kinds of evil said against you. No, rejoice and be glad. 
Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. That's really interesting because back to our first perception that good things are blessed. But Jesus is saying the bad things are still blessed somehow. I don't know about you, but being a Christian just seemed a little harder. It goes on to verse 8, and it, well, let's skip back to verse 8. It says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This one's interesting as well. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. In other words, Jesus is saying here, blessed is Jesus. Blessed is Jesus, for he is the only human to ever maintain a pure heart. All the others were and are and will be sinners, and thus we will never see God. Blessed is only Jesus. <laughs> I'm glad you put on a whole sermon with this crowd just to tell it to yourself, Jesus. That's awesome. Go you, seeing God. We're all doomed. Awesome. Now, what he was setting up was the truth to come. He's alluding to the fact that in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. He's alluding to scriptures like Isaiah 1, 18. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are crimson, they shall be like wool. He's alluding to scriptures like 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You're blessed because you have an awareness of your need of Jesus, because you're like, I need that purity. I want to see God. Purity is impossible without Christ. It's only Christ's presence that purifies. Pastor Mark Veragiz, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, he leads a church called Kingdom City Church, and they're across seven nations now, uh, quite a few people. And he was at Acts Conference uh, last year, and he said, uh, talking about purity, and he said, purity is the result of what you permit and what you pursue in life. Purity is the result of what you permit in your life and what you pursue in your life. And both these things lead to an awareness of His presence. What we permit and what we pursue leads to an awareness of His presence in our life. And when we have an awareness of His presence and an awareness of our need of Him to purify us, we come to a place where we accept Him and are blessed and now see God. And now see God. So you're blessed because you have a need for God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus is making a way. Let's leave that there for a bit. So my thoughts after reading Matthew 5, 1 to 12, I think I unpacked it for about three weeks at the start of the year. And my question was, what's a blessing? And I believe a blessing is simply the presence of God. Simply the presence of God. Blessed is not a feeling, it's a promise. It's not a feeling, it's a promise It's not an external circumstance, it's an internal presence. It can be an external circumstance. I could have got up here and shared countless testimonies recently in the last few weeks where God's blessed us externally. But the first blessing was that He came into my world internally. So we're blessed now with His presence, and we're blessed forever in heaven because He's present there. You see, if I'm confident that I have not left His presence, then I'm always blessed. I'm always blessed. If I'm confident that I have not left his presence, I'm always blessed. When I'm mourning, I'm going to be comforted because he's present. Come on, when I'm anxious, I'm blessed because he's putting courage into me. When I feel sin, 
when I feel like I've just led a sinful life, I'm blessed because I'm purified by his presence in me. Come on, even on a bad day, I'm blessed because God's still working things for good in my world. I'm blessed. If we go back to Ezekiel 34, and we just read 25 to 31 again. Get there real quick. This is the part of that external blessing, but I, I pray that something stands out to you this time when we read it through. It says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the world in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. I will make them in the places surrounding my hill of blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in the land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops and they will will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of nations. Here's the point. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. I, the Lord God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people. Man, that's awesome. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. Every time in that New Testament when the Israelites had a scripture that sort of said about them being prosperous, that was because God was present with them. Every time, the true blessing was God's presence. May we get the keys back up? Come on, blessings are not just great external circumstances. The blessing is God's presence with you. His presence with you. And where God is, there also exists the power to override natural processes in the environment to bring about victory in your world. Where God is, there also exists the power to override natural processes and the environment to bring about victory in your world. That's called a miracle. That's called a miracle. But the miracle doesn't come until God's present there. Because miracles don't happen because we conjured it up in our brain. They happen because of the power of Jesus, the power of God. Come on, but often we can focus on the miracle being the blessing. But the true miracle was that God would be present in you and me. What, God, you want to be in me? You love me that much that you choose to be in me? The true miracle is that He gave His only Son. Are you serious? God, you're going to give your only Son to us. Do you realize how wretched we are? Yeah, but I love you guys. Wow, that's a miracle to give His only Son. Come on, the miracle is that whilst we're still sinning, Jesus died for us just so He could be one with us and so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. Man, that's miraculous. That's that's incredible that I'd be saved, that I'd know I'm loved, that I would have a purpose because it sent His only Son. The true blessing is His presence with us. And now that He's with us, we're blessed regardless of whether the external circumstances line up. Why are we blessed? Because our internal circumstances and our eternal destiny has changed. When Jesus comes in, our internal circumstance changes. We begin to flourish in our spirit. We begin to flourish in our mindsets. 
we begin to flourish in our joy. Do you know when the Holy Spirit comes in, when we sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, you're not just singing to some weird thing that's going to come inside you. When the Holy Spirit comes, He brings us fruit. I'm so glad that He brings us fruit bowl. And His fruit bowl is really great. It's like love, it's like joy, it's like patience, it's like self-control, all things that lead to a life overflowing. Come on, when we invite Him in our internal circumstance and our eternal destiny has changed because of His presence. Let me articulate it another way. In the Old Testament, right, we read it. Yes, it says they'll prosper externally, but the prosperity is not the primary blessing. The blessing is that they're God's people and He's with them. He's taking the shepherd's role back. and He's the best in the business. No better shepherd than our God. It just so happens that when God's with us, He can rebuke the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the result of God rebuking, He who steals, kills, and destroys is a life of growth and joy. So the true blessing is His presence with us. And then the result of that is that He can get rid of that enemy. Get rid of that enemy. But is the world still fallen? Yes. So is life going to be perfect? No. What? No. Okay. But are we still blessed regardless? Yeah. Because He's with us. And His presence makes all the difference. All the difference. All the difference. The moment God is just an accessory and not a necessity, that's perhaps a place you could call unblessed. That's just my opinion. I don't think that's biblical, so you can, you can take that one or leave it. <laughs> but the moment God is just an accessory and not a necessity, that's perhaps a place you could, become, you could call unblessed because we aren't allowing Him to be fully with us. When I was thinking about it before, I thought about an analogy. We're hanging out with Philip and Shane for lunch, and he's a paramedic. And I thought, isn't it great that we live in a society that funds choppers, that, that puts people in choppers so they can get to people in remote places? And my nan has just been for a stroke, so I really appreciate that. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's such a blessing that we know it's so close. But that's just like an accessory because it's like the thing we pick up when we need it and we sort of attach it to the area where we need it. But imagine if we had a society that just had a fully funded paramedic to walk around with you 24 hours a day. Imagine how free you'd live. Are you going to run down that hill that is way too steep? Heck yes! It's going to be awesome. i got a paramedic with me. Do you know that Jesus wants to be with us 24 hours a day? And when He's with us 24 hours a day, we start to live a little freer because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who has the power to change everything is with us. He's not just an accessory. It's not, it's not like, dang, something went wrong. God, where are you? Come fix it. It's like, are oh, you with me? Even the little things you can fix, the big things you can fix. You have a track record, God, where I've seen you move faithfully in the little so I can believe for much. He's not just an accessory, He's a necessity. So do I believe in miracles and God provision? Absolutely. Man, I could have 
as I said, I could have done a whole message on what's happened in the last week. We've been so blessed. Doesn't that? Numbers don't add up, but Jesus is the man. So do I believe in God's miracles and His provisions? Absolutely. I've seen countless external changes. But external changes are secondary to the primary blessing that is God's presence with me. I'm not a Christian because of what He is going to do for me. I'm a Christian for what He did for me. What He did for me. And how that transforms my every day. My every day. Psalm 32 1 to 2 says this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. Am I blessed? Oh yeah. Are we blessed? Yeah, we're blessed. Therefore, bless. Come on, my perception of my position determines my action. If I perceive that I'm blessed, that has to affect my action. That has to. In Acts 3, verse 6, Peter, the disciple Peter is going to the temple. And there's a beggar there. And the beggar does what a beggar does. They beg for money. And Peter says this, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, and there is walk. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. What have you been blessed with? What do you have? If you've been blessed with time, if you're in a season where you're really blessed with time, then maybe you could think about giving that time. Maybe you could let that revelation of I'm blessed with time actually affect how you bless others with your time. What I do have, I give you. Come on, if there's finances in your world, Maybe not even an overflow. Little things can make a difference. If there's finances in your world, if that's what you've got, then give it. Bless with it. If you've got a gift or talent, go on the journey of going, man, how can I give it? How can I give it? Man, that could transform things. But what that transforms is a moment or a season. It's external change. But what I keep forgetting is that I've got a primary blessing. And it's like, man, I could change a moment for you, but I could change your whole internal circumstance and your eternal destiny with this man named Jesus who's transformed my world. I have a primary blessing alongside the secondary blessing. And my secondary blessing can change a moment, but my primary blessing can change everything. It can change everything. Do you know that our secondary blessings are an indication of how well we understand the primary blessing? What do your secondary blessings look like? Because I don't think you should pay attention to them if they're not quite where they're at. I think you should pay attention to the primary blessing. What's my understanding of how I'm saved? What's my understanding of how that transforms my world? What's my understanding of what Jesus did for me on the cross? Because that will draw your spirit to a place where you want to give where you want to take what you have and just spill it out. Spill it out. What do our secondary blessings say about our primary blessing? Well, what I do have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. Man, I love that. I wonder if right now we could get the team back up and we just enter a time of worship. I feel like we need to enter a time of worship where we just get a greater awareness of His nearness again where we 
don't count the goodness of God on the ups and downs of our external world, but we begin to look at the blessing of His presence in us and the fact that in any season, we're blessed. Man, I think that could transform a city. I love, I've been reading in Acts, the disciples are crazy. (laughs) Their disregard for their self Improvement, self journey is inspiring. Their concern for where they're going in life is very little to their concern for spreading the gospel. And my heart's been spurred again to go, wow, where am I putting my thought? Am I more concerned with my prosperity or am I more concerned with the prosperity of the gospel? I still don't know where my heart sits with that. I like to keep in my Western bubble. (laughs) But man, they just understood where the true blessing was. And through all those rough seasons, they just knew Jesus was with them. As we worship tonight one more time, let's just become aware of how near he is. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.